Talk 104.1. Welcome to the show, my friends. My name is Vic Reed. We are on Facebook Live. In the world of Facebook, 104.1 Nick Reed, the world in which President Donald Trump is once again allowed. <laughs> uh, I, the reason is because he's, he's no longer a danger to society, they said. I kid you not. <laughs> the... Uh, uh, so uh, we'll talk a bit about this coming up and and uh, I, whether he will use um, the social media sites as he's allowed back on. Uh, you know, he's got Truth Social, and he did thank Truth Social, which is his platform for doing an incredible job. But his statement, which he wrote shortly after 4 p.m., Facebook, which has lost billions of dollars in value since deplatforming your favorite president, me, <laughs> has just announced that they are restating my account. Such a thing should never again happen to a sitting president or anybody else who is not deserving a retribution. Uh, the, uh, Meta, who also owns and operates Instagram, announced yesterday via a blog post that it would be ending Trump's suspension on both social media platforms in the coming weeks. You know, they got to... Got to really prep for it. I mean, what, what does it take a few weeks? Does it not just take the click of a of, of an option? What is this in the coming weeks? Like they really got to prep for this. Really got to prep. All right, everyone. Now we're going to spend the next few weeks getting ready for this moment. The reason that they give is because Trump, I kid you not, this is the official statement is no longer a serious risk to public safety. <laughs> Trump was a serious risk to public safety. Now, why is he not a serious risk to public safety any longer? What, what, what's changed here? If you're, if you're going to view it through their perspective here, that, that his existence, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean... What are they going to say? Well, he's no longer calling uh, for an insurrection. Well, he never really did that. But their their ultimate go-to is that, well, he was using our platform to talk about uh, the election being stolen and so forth. Well, if you let him back on, could he not just I mean, do that again, which means that he would be a danger once again? Which I suppose at that point they would they would ban him again because you're not supposed to uh, call for election integrity unless you're a Democrat, of course, and you think that it may benefit you, which oddly enough, it never does. So Trump in the coming weeks <laughs> will be allowed back on the platform because in their assessment, he is no longer a serious risk to public safety. I want to talk about this story that has slowly been unfolding uh, over the last several weeks about this six-year-old who shot the teacher. I'm sure you must have heard to some degree something of this. And this is one of those stories that when it initially hit the news several weeks ago, I made the decision not to pay much attention to it because it was clear This is one of those stories where there was really no information out there about something that is so unusual and that any intellectually curious person is going to have a litany of questions. And so my thought was, I might as just wait, wait until some information begins to come out until we, you know, if she lives, which she has, uh, and, and she's, you know, going to continue 
uh, to live. And, and you know, and she's beginning to uh, talk through her attorney. A, law, a, a lawsuit has been filed. Uh, the superintendent, I believe, uh, has has been booted. Um, but the story to me, the more information that comes out, this is one of those instances where the more questions I have, it is just such an odd thing that does not make any sense. And I'm not laying the groundwork for some sort of conspiracy theory here. Uh, but I, it just out of the gate, the she's claiming, and apparently there are others that work within the school as well, that numerous teachers and administration officials I you know knew or suspected they had a gun and they kept going to uh, the, the principal or the superintendent and 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 saying this kid's got a gun and they were you know just sort of uh, brushed aside and of course my first thought is like if you're a teacher and you think a 6-year-old has a gun you don't like my thought is first off why do I think they have a gun and then I take it away I just I'm not like all right class uh, hold on a minute. I'm going to go to the principal's office. And they, it's just none of it is comprehensible to me. So there are a number of stories on this as this lawsuit is being filed. And I just wanted to share some of it with you because it just is such an odd thing that I cannot wrap my mind around in terms of why people did the things that they did, apparently, uh, regarding this situation of this six-year-old who who shot his teacher very deliberately. So it appears. Jason Ryman now with news. Several thousand people are still without power this morning. Utility crews made good progress restoring power during the day after heavy snow stopped falling on Wednesday. But by 6 a.m. this morning, about 4,300 customers in Howell County are still in the dark. Only 50 customers are offline here in Greene County. Up to a foot of snow fell in uh, Howell County on Wednesday. Springfield got 5.7 inches. A driver has been charged with causing a crash in Springfield two years ago that left two people dead. Investigators say Gary Calhoun Jr. ran a red light in his pickup, hitting an SUV, which then hit a semi. That crash happened near Glenstone and Cherry. Two members of a local rap group have been indicted by a federal grand jury for illegally possessing several firearms, linked to shootings in Springfield and Kansas City. 19-year-old Ezekiel King and 19-year-old Jardell Williams, both from Springfield, each faced two counts of being an unlawful user of a controlled substance while in possession of a firearm. One of those guns was used to fire shots into a home in the 700 block of South Nettleton in Springfield. The other was used in three shootings in the Kansas City area. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. All right, so the first alert forecast calls for a sunny day, a high of 34, partly cloudy 24 tonight, 47 tomorrow as things warm up. Saturday, partly sunny. It's going to be windy, but relatively mild, a high of 51. Then we're going to be back down into the 30s as we round out the weekend, making it into next week. We do have a Heroes Breakfast Friday. That would be tomorrow as we broadcast live Friday Road Show. From none other than Scramblers. So thank you to Scramblers, Serenity Honors, Delta Roofing, and Air Services Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical for buying breakfast for veterans tomorrow. All you got to do is come by if you're a vet, 6A to 9A, and we'll be set up you know, doing the show, our little makeshift studio, and we'll have the, the, the 
certificates, if you will, uh, that grant you a free breakfast. Just come up to the table and we'll get you one of them. It's that simple. And then that's what you'll give to your service. So she knows that you get that free breakfast. Thanks to all of our partners there. Uh, any details you may need, ksgf.com, though, I suspect that uh, you probably probably got a good uh, feel for what's going on there. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to get here traffic quickly and uh, a break. And then this this just story of the six-year-old Virginia elementary school student who brought a gun to school, evidently was threatening people with it on the playground, students. Students were telling the teachers. Teachers were telling the administrator, and they were like, well, probably. Yeah, they, according to the lawsuit, dismissed it. And he ended up shooting this teacher, and then she was hospitalized. She is going to survive. She's filed a lawsuit. But oftentimes you have a story, and you wait for information to come out to make sense of it. But the more information that comes out, the less sense it actually makes. And I think this is one of those stories. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. How much, Sarah, this story have you followed? I saw the original story, but I'm kind of like you. I haven't really followed along with it at all. Yeah. In the beginning, there was just no information. And I, I know this frustrates you as well. You've talked about this with the, the, the initial weeks of the killing of the four college students mm-hmm. in Moscow, Idaho. And that yeah, these news outlets, there's a story. It's clearly a story. And you know that they're told, well, you need to get two news stories out of this today or something. And so they just fill. And it's just speculation and exhaust. And sometimes it just gets to the point of absurd. Uh, you know, they, oh, well, here's a restaurant that this person ate at once. Let's talk to the employees. Like, oh, my gosh. And this story, all it was, I mean, it's just an amazing story in the sense that a six-year-old brings a gun to school and deliberately shoots a teacher. I think if you hear a story about a six-year-old bringing a gun to school and accidentally shoots somebody, a teacher, discharges it, while it's the sort of thing that most of us think, oh, man, that should not happen, it does not seem incomprehensible. But that a six-year-old child would deliberately bring a firearm to school and then deliberately shoot a teacher is just one of those things I I think about when the girl child was six. And it's incomprehensible to me. I know clearly it happens, or it did in this instance. And so when that's all the information that was out there, I just sort of like, all right, I'm going to wait to see what happens. There's more information out because of a lawsuit that's being filed, and it just seems even more bizarre. I'm going to read to you from the Daily Wire. Administrators at a Virginia elementary school were warned on three separate occasions about a first-grade student carrying a gun but failed to act before he shot his teacher, the teacher's lawyer said Wednesday, yesterday. Diane Toscano, the attorney for Rickneck elementary school teacher Abigail Zwerner alleged that school administrators were warned multiple times about the gun but were paralyzed by apathy and refused to call the police or lock down the school, according to the Associated Press. Toscano also revealed that her client will sue the Newport News School District uh, after she was shot by the six-year-old boy while teaching on January 6th. Uh, Toscano said, quote, on that day, over the course of a few hours, three separate times, three times, school administrator or school administration was warned by concerned teachers and employees that the boy had a gun on him at the school and was threatening people, but the administration could not be bothered, end quote. 
Newport News Public School District Superintendent George Parker told parents at a meeting earlier this month that, quote, at least one school official knew of a potential gun on the school's campus before the shooting. Zwerner first approached, this is the teacher who was shot, first approached an administrator around 11.15 a.m. the day of the shooting and said that the six-year-old threatened to beat another student up. Toscano said that the school official did not take any action after Zwerner expressed her concern, according to the lawyer. One of Zwerner's colleagues then told a school administrator around noon, 45 minutes later, that she searched the boy's book bag and said she believed he put the gun in his pocket before recess. The administrator, according to the attorney, downplayed the teacher's suspicion, saying that the boy, quote, has little pockets. I'm guessing saying, well, he couldn't hide a gun. He's got little tiny pockets. An hour later, yet another teacher told a school administrator that the boy showed one of his classmates the gun during recess and threatened to shoot him if he told anyone. The classmate who was threatened came to the teacher crying and fearful, according to Zwerner's attorney, but school officials still did nothing. Another school employee warned the administrator for a third time that the six-year-old student might have a gun and asked an administrator to search the boy, but the administrator allegedly refused. Toscano asked at the news conference yesterday, what did administrators do? Did administrators call the police? No. Did administrators lock down the school? No. Did administrators evacuate the building? No. Did they confront the student? No. Finally, at around 2 p.m., the six-year-old student aimed the gun at his 25-year-old teacher, fired one round into her chest in front of the whole class. Zwerner continues to recover at home after being hospitalized for two weeks. Toscano said, three weeks ago, Abby was a cheery young woman with a big heart and loved educating young people. She had a very bright future and a career she loved. Today, she's be, uh, between surgeries and physical therapy appointments with a career in question. How could anyone find the courage to confidently face a class of students again? <clears throat> now, this is what, and I, I'm being genuine when I say this, is I, I try to... understand that and I, I maybe there are rules in place this may vary from district to district or state to state in which you're not allowed to search uh, you know a, a child but in my mind the way that something like this should play out if I think that uh, I got a six-year-old kid in my class and I think this person this six-year-old kid has a gun like, where do I think that the kid has it? Either on himself in his book bag in his cubby hole. I mean, if he if he's got the firearm in his possession, and I, I, this in my mind seems like a totally obvious thing to say, I'm going to take it from him. And so I say, well, why would you not take it from him? What does he have it hidden or something? It, I, this is just so mind boggling to me. And that you would have a number of different teachers, a number of different employees over this <clears throat> two-hour period of time, excuse me, that all for a number of different reasons believe that he has a firearm. Now, one of the teachers said, yeah, I searched his backpack, but I, I didn't find it. I think it's because he put it in his pocket. Well, then why did you not search his pockets? 
were, were we afraid that at any given moment he, you know, like if you're like, oh, I'm going to search your pockets, he's going to pull it out. And I know I understand it's a firearm, but he is a six year old at the same time. There's a certain physical advantage that an adult has, even if it's the element of surprise. And I, 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 I just have a I'm pretty good about figuring out why people do certain things, even if they don't necessarily make sense in the context of reality. But you can see, uh, you know, well, if you're in this situation and you, you're not thinking logically, you, you instead are acting emotionally. And so I can see how a person would do this or that. I, I just am, am lost at figuring out how it is you can have numerous adults that believe a six-year-old has a firearm and nobody just, <laughs> sounds so simple to say, takes it away from them. Like they, they all go to an administrator saying this guy, has, this kid, this little boy has a gun. Uh, will you do something about it? And then they're like, no, according to the lawsuit. It sounds like they don't believe the teachers, uh, according to, again, the lawsuit or according to the attorney. The administrator said, well, he's got little pockets, which I suppose, again, uh, I infer from that, that that the superintendent or the administrator was suggesting that he would not be able to hide a firearm in his pocket. And so but at the same time, too, if you're the administrator and you have numerous teachers, you have numerous, you know, a number of different employees all coming up and telling you this to do absolutely nothing. Everything about this is just such an odd thing. And it's a Twilight Zone sort of scenario. Now, I don't I'm not suggesting that there's some sort of. I don't know what I think, to be honest with you. And then on top of it, you have students coming in saying, at, you know, he showed it, or one anyhow, according to the attorney, he showed us the firearm, or showed me the firearm, and he threatened to kill me if I told anyone. And then, that, and then still still nothing's done about it. I, it's just, I, I do not get it. This is one that puzzles me greatly. Does this make, is there anything about this that makes sense to you? No, not at all. I I just can't figure it out. I try to put myself in the person's shoes. I'm in a class and I'm like, this kid has a gun. What am I, I'm going to, what do I leave the classroom, uh, leave the kid alone in there and and go tell an administrator, I think he has a gun and the administrator dismisses it and I just don't do anything. When I firm, it's clear that she, it wasn't just, well, I think maybe, uh, or should I say anything? I don't want to blow this out of proportion. Uh, it's clear that she genuinely, 100% in her mind, knew that this kid had a gun, as did others. And then, of course, an eyewitness being another child saying, he threatened me with it, said he killed me. And they have all of these people and no one just take it away from them. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. Don't get it. And I'm also pretty good about recognizing well once we know this then i'm sure it will make more sense i don't know what information there could be that isn't public that would make any of this make sense i hope that something does come out because otherwise this is just such a perplexing uh story to me and i and i tell you what though ultimately regardless the way on the surface things seem right now, if I am a teacher and the administration just on numerous occasions, and again, maybe they have rules in place that say when it comes to searching a student, a teacher is not allowed to do it. 
that 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 may, that may be part of what's going on here. That in order to avoid lawsuits, in order to avoid angry parents, for you know to avoid uh, violating the civil rights of of a six year old, there may be rules in place in which you cannot do that as a teacher. If something like that's going to occur, it has to be somebody who is higher up, somebody who's an administration official, and and that's why maybe all of their hands were tied, and that's why they kept going. And if that's the case, and they were dismissed. <laughs> I'm not a sue-happy kind of guy, but I would be suing the heck out of those people. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Aller Building Company, all of your brand new home building needs. Uh, you're going to have a new home built. Want to have a new home built. Aller Building Company. And for many folks, it's the remodeling that you don't like. Some love it. Some do it for that reason. They'll buy a new home. They'll buy... Uh, you know, the flipping is such a huge thing for a while. And some people just really enjoy that. But other people, nope, have no interest in it. Um, none at all. And so Aller Building Company, uh, you got your blank canvas. You go to their new showroom floor, and that's where you pick out all of those things, those, you know, the cabinet styles and the fixtures and the color schemes, the the personality of the home. So when you go in day one, that first time over the threshold, the house is exactly the way you want it. Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. Mostly sunny today, high of 34, 24 tonight. It's 47 tomorrow and partly sunny with a high of 51 on Saturday, then back down into the 30s for Sunday. All right, a number of the different uh, messages coming in. Uh, on this, uh, how does a, a six-year-old even think like that? Uh, sue the school, all administrators, personally, and the parents. Ruin them all. Um, here, here's a string of messages from uh, one of you, uh, noting that it is a fact, even in our area, we have children who exhibit this behavior as far as all the signs. They don't do anything to really address it because it can be, quote, harmful to the child. Teachers can lose their jobs. Uh, and often SROs and administrators know they keep mainstreaming these kids who aren't just misbehaving but exhibit signs and actual behaviors towards violence. There's a case I'm very close to where the kid tells the teacher to F off, draws pictures of shooting people. He's a third grader. Administration does nothing except coddle him. And you're not allowed to search a child. You can't even restrain a child without fear of retribution. I can tell you stories of elementary kids being literally carried out by SROs after threats of and destruction of a classroom and parents being notified and doing nothing to address the behavior except calling teachers and uh, cops. Uh, you know, and calling cops POSs. Um, someone else did note, you know, what, it's just an anonymous 911 call. Why did that not happen? Again, don't know the answer to that but that could have solved the problem but again some of these rules that are set up i could see where a teacher would be worried about losing her job because she called 911 and it getting back to her even you know, people are theoretically able to do such things anonymously but i suppose you know there'd still be fear that uh, the the district might find out who is behind it and then you got all sorts of media attention and and you know, so that, I'm sure that fear is very real. It is. I find myself like a lot of you. Sounding like, quote, our parents. You know, when I was a kid. The girl child is telling me a story. 
about this one classmate in particular that just openly, we're not, not even in high school yet, not that that would make this appropriate, openly, mouthy, defiant, dro- uses the F word at teachers. And while it's not totally ignored, it's sort of treated like, well, you know, You shouldn't do that. It's just the fact that I, I can't even comprehend when I was in school. Not only I, me, I would just I would never even back talk to a teacher. I, I just can't comprehend that. But I can't comprehend any of my fellow classmates. Just I just cannot even fathom that. And today it becomes very commonplace. And there is this disconnect of a relationship between parents and and schools that exist today and aside from who's to blame one side the other both sides culture you know i think there's a discussion to be had there you know once upon a time most of us would argue if we got in trouble at school we knew that our parents would have the back of the teacher i mean we just knew that it, and it it was not uncommon for students to be more worried about the punishment at home than they were about school. There was this, as a a student, they were, you saw in terms of any sort of potential punishment, uh, they're all on the same team in terms of authority figures. And you get in trouble at school and you, uh, you just did not want to go home. You thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be even more trouble at home. You're, you're more worried about that. But now a lot of young people, they, they know that their parents are going to automatically have their back. And so there's no fear of being defiant. And when you look at that occurring, you can understand why schools have a real issue on their hands here because not not because then it's not just the student who's the problem, the parent's the problem as well. And not only are you not going to be able to go to the parent and say, hey, listen, we have a problem with your child here, and, and it's not even a, necessarily uh, a matter of that kid, uh, you know, the parent being indifferent to it, but doubling down and making things worse, reinforcing the child's behavior, getting home, cursing the school and so forth. And and don't misunderstand me here. I'm not saying that every instance of a school coming down on a child is an accurate instance and that schools are perfect and that all teachers are. That's not, I'm just talking about what is happening with an, happening with an increasing frequency. The things that in, never, ever, ever, or I shouldn't say never, but if if they did occur within school districts, maybe you had that one problem family, you know, where the kid was a problem and you knew that the parents, but it but it wasn't the sort of thing that you had it in every single classroom, and it just became no and and I can, I can tell you just having a conversation with a girl child about this student, the student openly says, "I'm not going to get in trouble at home." The other students in this particular instance I'm talking about here, relayed by the girl child, that the other students were like, why, you know, you can't, they're, some of them are dumbfounded at the way, you know, I, I, why do you talk to the teacher this way? And, you know, 
And and this other child said, I'm not going to get in trouble for it. I know I'm not going to get in trouble for it. So when the other kids ask, ask this child, I mean, when you get home, though, aren't you, do, do you not get disciplined at home? And the response was, well, my mom figures that that's the school's job. To which their response was, clearly it's not working. I, you know, I mean, so even other students recognize this at times. Um, I, it, the problem ultimately when you get down to it is it's cultural it is a cultural problem and when it comes to these particular instances we we're, were talking about instances where it is the the child that is the problem and the parents that are the problem that obviously is not always the case but we see that to an increasing degree It appears as if, unfortunately, what has occurred for too long is a trying, you know, an attempt to placate them, an attempt to accommodate that that sort of behavior, not only from the child but from the parents. Which, of course, what happens when you not you don't necessarily reward bad behavior, but allow it to occur? It breeds, it grows, it emboldens those who display the bad behavior. And so in doing so, you put these teachers in these positions oftentimes where here in a case of Virginia, while it may be an extreme case, I literally held hostage by this culture that has been allowed uh, by many administrators in school districts across the country of just telling teachers, you know, tying their hands, but at the same time forcing them to deal with it. And in reality... The teachers are the ones who are on the front lines, the administrators who oftentimes make these rules, you know, in the interest of coddling these kids uh, and and not punishing them, whether it's because they want to keep their own statistics, which is oftentimes the case, keep their statistics looking good. You know, oh, well, look, we brought out-of-school suspensions down. We brought in, bought, uh, brought in-school suspensions down. Well, oftentimes it's not because the behavior's improved. It's because the administrators tie the teacher's hands even further. And the real crappy thing about those scenarios is it's, it's sort of like when you're in war, the difference between the generals making the decisions from their offices uh, versus those who are on the front lines that actually suffer the repercussions of it, that's what you got. You know, a superintendent isn't nearly as likely to be clocked or shot by a student as a teacher is. And while there still is clearly going to be a lot of information that I, I think will be made available that perhaps will bring into focus what allowed this particular scenario to happen. You know, was it a cultural thing? And when I say cultural, I mean the culture of the school accommodating this sort of behavior. Is it, the, you know, this sort of, let's be honest, the, the left wing, why can't we all get along? Let's, you know, let's uh, uh, not uh, stereotype certain students with this behavior and, and, uh, and uh, uh, perhaps a policy in which statistically, you know, they have these goals 
goals of keeping in-school suspensions down or keeping uh, discipline down. Uh, And, of course, like I said, what oftentimes happens is instead of creating an atmosphere in which children begin to behave to a greater degree or a greater number of students begin to behave, they just change the rules so that the bad ones no longer get discipline. And then voila, look at this. We cut discipline in half. Well, no. You didn't cut the the bad behavior in half. Just you cut dealing with it in half, which, of course, breeds more of it. And and I I suspect as time goes on, we'll learn uh, with this lawsuit whether or not that was the case. Now, also, because a number of you have noted and asked this question, and, and this is the reality of the world that we live in today, is race a factor in this Briefly touch on that here after the traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. A few of your text messages on the American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF regarding the the now lawsuits being filed against the elementary or the school in Virginia, this teacher that was shot by a six-year-old. And according to the teacher's attorney, uh, Throughout the day, over it seems like at least a two-hour period of time, there were numerous employees that went to administrators or one administrator saying this kid has a gun. Uh, There was a student who said the kid pulled it on me on the playground, threatened to kill me if I told anyone, and nothing was done. And, of course, that six-year-old would pull the gun, aim it directly at, deliberately pull the trigger, shooting that 25-year-old teacher in the chest. And she she survived, was in the hospital for a period of time and going through physical therapy and, and so forth, but at home. Some of the messages that you all are sending in, you're not allowed to search a child. You can't even restrain a child without fear of retribution. Another saying perhaps they require parental permission for a search. Another saying my dad would have beat my blank if I cussed a teacher. Again, can't even comprehend. And that even, like I said, in our schools around here. I'm talking the last segment about the girl child, just this one student in particular, and just the open defiance and the cursing. And and then, I, I mean, you really do. You think they need to get back to where they just, able to swat the child and then when the parent throws a fit be like too bad maybe you should be doing it at home another noting it's likely that if a six-year-old had been searched the lawsuit would be by the parents of the child instead of the teacher with the bullet in her better than winning the lottery Our district's restorative justice mentality and behavior scope and sequence makes it impossible to discipline kids, all tied to Fed funding. And I, I forget the um, the name of the program, but this was something that was big from a federal level during the Obama years. And it, it was all about uh, uh, diminishing the pipeline from schools to prisons. And so, as usual with the government, instead of having some approach that results in a meaningful outcome you you fake the outcome if you will and so what it did was it it caused schools to stop disciplining kids so that the stats would be in line with what was uh suggested or required or rewarded and i know there have been accusations in in several years ago in uh i believe it was the springfield school district i would hear from a number of different people uh that worked in the school district that these were the sort of things that were happening um that when it came to the stats of disciplining children that uh the the way you get those stats down 
in order to show, look how much better behaved kids are, is just stop disciplining them. It's like if you are the manager of a grocery store and the owner of the grocery store is very concerned about the shoplifting issue and the you know the cause of, of or the the cost to that and and so your job is to uh you know diminish the amount of shoplifting that occurs and you just quit calling the police when it happens you go look at that no more shoplifting problem solved well no not really so a question that a lot of people are asking whether it is internally or otherwise what is the ethnicity here is this a case where dangerous behavior was ignored due to political correctness the teacher's white we know that this is a child so of course we're not going to see pictures of the child we're not going to see that sort of thing however uh i think sarah you looked up the the demographic of the school district and it is what around 75 percent african-american and well 45 percent is uh african-american 18 percent is hispanic 22 percent is white and then uh nine percent is asian uh, you thought you found something on the mother? It- yeah, they had, the, I think it was CNN, they did an interview with mm. the, the mother who spoke out, and uh, she was African-American. Okay. And do we know if there's a father? I, I didn't see any Could, news articles okay. on that. Now, <laughs> the discussion of the race component here. And the reaction to the discussion is part of the problem that we do have in this country. If you note or even ask the question, let's be honest, was was the kid black? Because that's what a lot of people are thinking or wondering. Many people will recoil at even asking that question because it is they'll say that it's racist. People who ask that question, or at least some anyhow, it isn't about whether or not the child is black, but whether or not we have created a culture in our society in which, depending on the color of an individual, in this case a six-year-old child, was the response different? And was the response one that played out the way that it did because of fears of being accused of racism. In other words, what if this were a white kid, would the same approach of apparently ignoring the situation would that would that have been the same approach? And I I don't know, but that's why you have these conversations, or at least that's why you're supposed to have these, be allowed to have these conversations in a free society so that you can figure these things out and hopefully evolve to where your culture is less likely as a country to see these things happen again. It is not racist to wonder if people were reacting to the accusations that this six-year-old kid had a gun if wondering if the reaction to that was different because of the child's race that's not racist because that isn't about the child that is about the other people who are responding and whether or not they allowed race to play 
a role. We don't know that at this point, and frankly, it's a sort of situation, even if that were the case, it's the sort of thing that we don't talk about, right? But that's the sign of a dysfunctional family. If you want to look at this country as one big family that has become severely dysfunctional, it is the the fact that there are certain things, well, we don't talk about that. Well, then they're never going to get better, are they? Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Yeah, regarding uh, discipline issues in schools and, and kids that are you know way, way beyond just your traditional disciplinary issues and in referencing one child in particular that, you know, uh, physically assaulting the teacher and uh, just uh, not threatening to kill other students and so forth and still in the school district. This is locally here. And then you do a search on the parents and it becomes clear there's tons of kids, no steady income, drug, you know, use uh, – convictions and, and otherwise and you know that that's the real sad part about it and I even remember just when the girl child was real young talking about just come home like the, this kid on the bus just you know doing this and that and I always genuinely my first feeling was sorrow for the kid because I thought a kid that young that's behaving that way has a home life that is not good at all and I, I just it, it's heartbreaking to me but at the same time you do have a response I mean what is what hope does a child have of being corrected if no one steps up and says, this is unacceptable. And what has happened is in an effort to accommodate for a number of different reasons, we have facilitated these problems in our our culture, particularly with public schools, instead of confronting.